Nancy Pelosi calls herself a devout Catholic, yet is one of the most pro-abortion politicians in America. Have you ever wondered how she got there? Well, join me for a rather fascinating look into Nancy Pelosi's stance on Catholicism and morality and politics. We'll see the hints she left as to how she got to where she is and what can and should be done about it. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was in the news again, touting her Catholic faith. She was asked by a reporter if she hated President Trump, and she lectured the reporter about not hating anyone and even praying for the president. Have a look. Do you hate the president, Madam Speaker? Because I don't, I don't Collins, hate anybody. Representative Collins, the reason I ask. As a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. And I still pray for the president. I pray for the president all the time. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Now, it sounds pretty Catholic. In fact, there are many Catholics who are indeed quite proud of Nancy for standing up for the Catholic values in that impromptu little speech. And yet, Nancy Pelosi is one of the biggest abortion-promoting politicians in America. Pelosi boasts a 100% voting record for Planned Parenthood and National Abortion Rights Action League. But more than even that, Pelosi has consistently painted her pro-abortion position as consistent with Catholic teaching, and she's done the same with her support for same-sex marriage. In 2013, in response to a question from a reporter about late-term abortion, uh, about a ban on late-term abortion proposed in Congress, Pelosi said that the issue of late-term abortion is, quote, sacred ground for her. But her most in-depth interview on the subject was with NBC's Tom Brokaw in 2008, where Pelosi tried to make a theological argument about abortion being consistent with Catholic teaching. Have a look. Senator Obama saying the question of when life begins is above his pay grade, whether you're looking at it scientifically or theologically. If he were to come to you and say, help me out here, Madam Speaker, when does life begin? What would you tell him? I would say that as an ardent practicing Catholic, uh, this is an issue that I have studied for a long time. And what I know is over the centuries, the doctors of the church have not been able to make that definition. And uh, Senator, uh, uh, St. Augustine said at three months, you don't know. The point is, is that it shouldn't have an impact on a woman's right to choose. Roe v. Wade talks about very clear definitions of when the child, uh, first trimester, certain considerations, second trimester, not so, third trimester. There's very clear distinct. This isn't about abortion on demand. It's about a careful, careful consideration of all factors in between, that a woman has to make with her doctor and her God. And so I don't think anybody can tell you when life begins. Human life begins. As I say, Catholic Church for centuries has been 
discussing this. And there are those who've decided... The Catholic Church at the moment feels very strongly that it begins that. at the point of conception. And this is like maybe 50 years or something right. like that. So again, over the history uh, of the Church, this is an issue uh, of controversy. But it is, uh, uh, it is also true uh, that God has given us, each of us, a free will and a responsibility to answer for our actions. And we want abortions to be safe, rare, we want to reduce the number of abortions. That's why we have this fight in Congress over contraception. My Republican colleagues do not support contraception. If you want to reduce the number of abortions, and we all do, you must. It would behoove you to support family planning and, and contraception, you would think. But that is not the case. So we have to take, uh, you know, we have to handle this as respectfully. This is sacred ground. And she's done the same with same-sex marriage. And in a 2015 interview with MSNBC's Thomas Roberts, Pelosi said that same-sex marriage is perfectly consistent with Catholic Christianity. In fact, she told Roberts that her grandchildren came with her to receive an award from the Gay and Lesbian Victory Fund to show the young children that, quote, marriage equality is important. Pelosi, who described herself as a faithful Christian and mainstream Catholic, in her words, said that the pre-adolescent grandchildren needed to see and be present at the gay and lesbian celebration in order to, quote, give them the image of what we have for all people, and that meaning the image of the Catholic Church has for all. She also said that same-sex marriage is important. Um, it's important that her grandchildren have the message that, quote, they have been hearing, that's, that is the message from, um, about gay marriage, uh, that they've been hearing their whole life because they go to Catholic school. She said matter-of-factly that same-sex marriage is consistent with the dignity and worth that Catholics attribute to every person. Have a look. Uh, last night you were honored. Uh, it was a great honor that you received here in New York City. We can show the picture of you with your grandkids and I think Tim Gunn, uh, where you received your honor. There it is, last night, uh, from the Victory Fund. Uh, and you said you wanted your grandkids there. Why? Oh, it's really important for them to see what the practice of our faith is, the dignity and respect uh, that we have for all people, and that equality, marriage equality is important. They've been hearing this their whole life. They go to Catholic school, and this is consistent with the dignity and worth we attribute to every person. But what I found most interesting in my research was that Pelosi left clues as to how she got to where she is today and they make for a very powerful lesson. Over the years, she's mentioned at least twice that her family was not where her pro-abortion beliefs came from. Speaking with NBC's Chuck Todd in 2019, she said, quote, I have served many years in Congress with members who have not shared my very positive, and my family would say aggressive, position on promoting a woman's right to choose, end quote. But Pelosi went into greater detail in an interview with the National Catholic Reporter's Joe, Joe Feuerherd in 2003. Asked about abortion, Pelosi said, and I quote, I, came, I come myself from a family that does not share my views on choice, end quote. Feuerherd retorted, well, that must make for some interesting dinner table conversations. And part of her reply, Pelosi added, quote, I think there are occasions where they would like me to be less visible, that they don't like to see any disagreement between the church and any of us, speaking of the children of the family.
So it's not from her family. So where did she get to be the pro-abortion while still claiming to be devout Catholic Nancy Pelosi that we know today? Well, the answer seems to be the false teaching she received at what was supposed to be a premier Catholic college run by nuns. And as a parent, that saddens me greatly. I'm saddened especially in light of these lines in Pelosi's memoirs. Quote, My parents didn't raise me to be a speaker, that is speaker of the house, they raised me to be holy. That was their measure of a successful child. And that's from Nancy Pelosi's Know Your Power, page 27. To me, that's really sad because as a Catholic parent myself, whose greatest desire for my kids is to be holy, the last thing I want for them to be is confused about the faith, especially in her essential teachings on life and family. And you see, that distortion happened to Nancy Pelosi despite the best wishes of her parents. And it happened at a private Catholic college that cost a lot of money. And as a Catholic parent myself, with kids in college, that really hurts. Indeed, it seems that Pelosi's parents raised her with the right morals, but her morals were corrupted by corrupt religious who in turn were not disciplined by the hierarchy of the church. The first hint that I heard that Pelosi might have been deformed by a false Catholic education was in a comment of hers gushing about Pope Francis in 2013. She said, quote, He's sounding like the nuns. She said of Pope, she was talking, by the way, about Pope Francis's liberal stances. Have a look for yourself. Starting to sound like a nun. The Pope is starting to sound like the nuns. Uh, you know, the, His Holiness is a, obviously a very revered figure. His, uh, uh, I was there for his inauguration, and uh, I, being Catholic, believed that he was chosen Pope by the intercession of the Holy Spirit. So I pay attention to what he says, and I can tell you that there's great joy among uh, Catholics and friends of Catholics as to the respect uh, that His Holiness pays uh, to all of God's creation. And, and members of the church and then beyond that. It's really quite remarkable. It's a source of joy to us all. It, it is remarkable. I'm not sure it's a source of joy to all Catholics simply because I've seen conservative Catholics um, express some reservations about well, it. Well, I don't know about them because certainly when it was another pope who had something else to say, they had something, uh, they wanted to hold us all to it. So what was that false Catholic education she received that so distorted the faith her family tried to pass on to her. Well, the answer comes in a fascinating article by Kevin Carey published in the 2011 Washington Monthly. It's about Trinity Women's College in Washington, D.C., founded by the Sisters of Notre-Dame de Namur from France. The article inadvertently reveals the rebellion against the church's teaching that the nuns lived and evidently passed on to their students. It reveals lame attempts by the church hierarchy to correct the nuns, all the while allowing them to continue to deform the faith in many young women. And finally, it reveals the disastrous consequences, not only for those women, but for their children and their grandchildren and all of society. In that article, author Kevin Carey speaks of Trinity College alumni, including two of the most prominent female pro-abortion politicians, in U.S. history. 
In addition to Nancy Pelosi, there's also Kathleen Sebelius, who after serving as the governor of Kansas, was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in the Obama administration. Trinity also boasts many other leading women, and according to Kerry, and I quote, when Forbes magazine recently published, that's recently in 2011, by the way, recently published its list of the 100 most powerful women in the world, only Princeton undergraduate alumni outnumbered those of tiny, little-known Trinity College, end quote. The distortion of the faith these nuns passed on to their students is revealed by Carey. He notes that in 1984, two of the nuns from the college, and I quote, joined 23 other nuns and priests and brothers to sign a pro-choice statement that was published in the New York Times. And I continue with the article, the Vatican reacted angrily and forced all the other signers to make public declarations of adherence to Catholic doctrine on abortion. Only the two sisters, and those are the two from Trinity College, refused, end quote unbelievable. So Kerry continues, and I quote again, the Vatican demanded that they be dismissed from the order, and the order refused that too. End quote. So, those nuns continued their rebellion until the day the article was written, and I quote, because this is written at a time when Pelosi becomes the speaker. And so the article says, and I quote, Pelosi attended a special morning mass in Trinity's small stone chapel, sitting in the front pew surrounded by her many grandchildren. Then he adds that Sister Clayton, one of the current sisters in the order, was in the audience. Anti-abortion protesters picketed outside. A few weeks earlier, President McGuire, that's the president of the college, had preemptively called the Archbishop of Washington to inform him that she had no intention of canceling the Mass, end quote. There were, of course, many more of these types of influences on Nancy Pelosi that distorted her faith, including the scandalous example of Father Drennan. But that's for another story. So, how can Catholics address this matter? Well, there's a simple answer, and that is from Christ himself, that he recommended in Matthew 18. But that type of answer, at least since the Second Vatican Council, has been for the most part ignored or even disdained. It's church discipline. It can start with simply denying someone in public grave sin Holy Communion after they've been warned. But even beyond that, excommunication all done for the purpose of saving the person's soul. In Matthew 18, our Lord says, quote, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word might be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. That means basically shun them, put them out of the Catholic community. Pelosi has been warned and warned and warned for decades about her sin in supporting the killing of unborn children, a sin that is at least as grievous as supporting racism. And imagine how fast you'd be booted out if you supported racism publicly as a politician. Well, 
in 2008, when she made those comments that we heard earlier about abortion being consistent with the Catholic teaching, about 26 U.S. bishops confronted Pelosi in public statements. Shortly thereafter, in early 2009, when Pelosi was visiting the Vatican, Pope Benedict XVI himself made a point of speaking to her about the need for her to create, and I quote, a just system of laws capable of protecting human life at all stages of its development, end quote. And those, that interview with Pelosi, or that meeting with Pelosi by the Pope, was put out by the Vatican press corps. But talk, as they say, is cheap. And many, including Cardinal Raymond Burke, have said over and over again that pro-abortion politicians, and especially Nancy Pelosi, quote, must be denied Holy Communion. This because in addition to the public scandal that it causes, it harms Nancy's own soul. If you're wondering about that, read 1 Corinthians 11.29. And also, having Nancy Pelosi publicly receiving communion distorts the truth, making many think that Christ's church's actually okay with abortion and same-sex marriage. And finally, we can see the harm it's causing also to her own children and grandchildren who are growing up with this example of false Catholicism, a faith that is not Catholic at all. It's a false church and one that leads to eternal damnation rather than to eternal life. In 2013, Priests for Life founder Father Frank Pavone wrote a public letter to Pelosi, which gained media attention. In his letter, Pavone writes, and I quote, Mrs. Pelosi, for decades you have gotten away with betraying and misrepresenting the Catholic faith as well as the responsibilities of public office. He continued, We have had enough of it. Either exercise your duties as a Catholic public servant and be Catholic or have the honesty to formally renounce them. End quote. In an interview with Think Progress, Pelosi responded to Father Pavone's letter saying he was being hysterical. She said, and I quote, The arrogance of it all is like something ancient or medieval. She also said that while she understands what the Catholic Church teaches on abortion, she said, quote, My faith isn't about what their position is. Pelosi insisted, and I quote, my faith is very deep and has been my whole life. I love my faith and my faith has nothing to do with whoever he is, he referring to Father Frank Pavone. She added, and I quote, the church taught me as I was growing up that every person has a free will and has the responsibility to live up to a moral standard. And I respect women's judgment and values to do that. Whether this priest thinks his judgment should be another woman's judgment is absolutely ridiculous to me. But nonetheless, it's what they say, end quote. She said that her faith is, end quote, about Christ, my Savior, the church is his church and has nothing to do with priests for life, end quote. Father Pavone accused Pelosi of making, quote, a mockery of the Catholic faith and of the tens of millions of Americans who consider themselves practicing and respectful Catholics and who think killing of children, whether inside or outside the womb, reprehensible. And I quote again from Father Pavone, whatever Catholic faith you claim to respect and practice, it is not the faith that the Catholic Church teaches, he wrote to Pelosi. And he added, And I speak for countless Catholics when I say that it's time for you to stop speaking as if it were, end quote. 
Will you join the LifeSite staff in praying for Nancy Pelosi's conversion? She was deformed in the faith due to the failure to discipline wayward religious. The same kind of failure to discipline which has led to the sexual abuse crisis in the church. Let's pray too that the church once again takes on the hard job of disciplining both laity and clergy, recognizing such discipline as an act of love, as St. Paul says, in order to save the soul. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.